Hi, and welcome to The Caption Life, a show for the most casual and dedicated fans of comics and a member of the Comic Watch family. I am your host, Sean. Join me and discover what the world of comics and graphic novels has to offer. From one-on-one interviews with industry professionals to roundtable discussions with passionate fans and reviews on the latest comics, TV shows, and movies. You can find me on social media under the username at Caption Life. You can also find more episodes and information at thecapsonlife.com. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us. If this is your first time, thanks for checking us out. And if you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. If you're a kid of the 90s like me, you probably remember coming home from school and turning on the TV just in time to watch the classic Disney afternoon lineup, which included DuckTales, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Tailspin, but my absolute favorite show that I always tuned into was Darkwing Duck. A superhero in the Disney world, Darkwing Duck had all the laughs, the action, the drama, family, cool gadgets, and of course, the blunders that came with it all. Well, recently, Dynamite Comics announced that they will be running a comic book series of the beloved Disney character with the first issue releasing on January 18th. And of course, I wanted to do an episode on this. So I invited the writer of the series to come on the show for an interview, and she graciously accepted. So please welcome Amanda Dybert. Amanda is a television and comic book writer. Her comic writing includes the New York Times bestselling series DC Superhero Girls, Wonder Woman Agent of Peace, DC's The Doomed and the Damned, Teen Titans Go, Batman and Harley Quinn, and Wonder Woman 77, and the New York Times number one best-selling anthology Love is Love for DC Comics, Hyperspace Stories for Lucasfilm and Dark Horse, Red Sonja for Dynamite and John Carpenter's Tales for Halloween Night Volumes 2 through 7 for Storm King Comics, as well as the graphic novel Work for a Million for Penguin uh, Random Houses, McKellen and Stewart. She is currently writing for He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, and she also wrote the graphic novel tie-in Legends from Castle Grayskull, and another yet-to-be-announced series on Netflix. Other TV writing credits include working for CBS, Sci-Fi, Hulu, Quibi, and four years as the writer for former Vice President Al Gore's annual climate broadcast, 24 Hours of Reality. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me. I am very well. How are you? I am trying to get caught up on so much stuff right now. I, I've actually been really busy with um, not just work, but all the things I'm involved with, with Comic Watch um, and Nerd Initiative. But we had just went to uh, Disney World to surprise my son for his birthday. So we took him to a trip to Disney World uh, during the holidays. And that was a blast, but it was also uh, just a lot of, <laughs> of go, go, go and trying to get all the things in for, you know, for a few days and all that. So busy trying get caught up on stuff i'm hoping by the end of this week that i'll be kind of back to a normal schedule and everything so um but from your bio it sounds like you're a very busy person as well too <laughs> not at all yeah <laughs> well and i have to admit um i knew you're you're a comics writer but i didn't realize um all the other stuff that you wrote for as well too so this is really exciting that um not only have you done the comics but i know you're also coming out with your own book that i've seen you've been tweeting about which is really cool um can you remind me what that book is called again do you want to kind of do a little plug-in for that sure so that's called you already have the answer and that is a guided journal where uh, there's 365 questions, so one for every day, which kind of spun out of uh, questions that I tend to ask on Twitter that are kind of gratitude related. So it's about like, you've gone through a bunch of shit and survived a bunch of shit in your life, and that's amazing. And like, let's take a moment to celebrate <laughs> that. And like, 
maybe cultivate some of the stories and remind ourselves of some of the things that we don't often think about or talk about. Right. Yeah. And I love that idea. I think that's really a great way, especially with everything that's been going on, you know, with since the pandemic and all that. It's it's a really great way to just kind of have a focused, um, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, however much of a break they want to take just to kind of focus and reflect and just kind of have that sort of positive, positive thought and and kind of committing to that as well, too. So I really love that. Um, and I have to say that uh, on Twitter, I love how you always ask for a lot of, you know, positive things. Like you always ask people, I think earlier today, you said something along the lines of, of, um, have you ever met somebody that you just knew was like meant to be in your life and all that? Mm-hmm. Um, so I love how you just always put out those really positive tweets and just kind of, you know, put those, you know, really cool, um, humanistic approach to life and, and, in social media as well, too. And, and I gotta say, I love seeing you put that post about the little uh, bug that you saw today that was like gigantic and it was called oh a potato gosh. bug. Yeah. <laughs> this is the biggest bug I've ever seen in my life. And I'm not like, you know, I'm not like an aggressively squeamish person. Right. But this bug was like the size of my hand. Like yeah. it was walking across the sidewalk and basically just like tipped its hat and was like, good day, ma'am. I was like, this is too much. <laughs> too giant of a bug. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Earlier this summer, I had somewhat of a similar experience where I was um, actually um, out at a park and staying the night at a wood cabin out in the um, state park there. And um, it was, you know, I think like 10 or 11 o'clock at night and Stranger Things had just come out. And so, of course, I was watching that and I was Mm -hmm. watching a scene where there's like spiders crawling on the wall. Then all of a sudden I felt mm-hmm. something like crawling on my head and there happened to be like an actual spider that crawled on me. And so it was just really, really disturbing that the timing of it all was just, you know, impeccable with actually mm-hmm. watching something with spiders and then something actually a spider crawling on my face. So I, I'm with you there is that anytime that, you know, an insect is like that big, you got to burn it to the ground. <laughs> so... Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. Um, with every guest I have on, I always like to start off with your comic book origin story. So I want to ask you, um, what is your origin story with comic books? Was there somebody that introduced you to it? Was it an event or was it just one day you went to a shop and you picked up a comic and then that's when you fell in love with it? What's your origin story with comics? My origin story with comics is is Betty and Veronica. It's Archie Comics. Um it's going to the grocery store with my mom as a little girl. And it was the little treat, you know, they used to have at the checkouts. I guess they still do the, the like kiosk with all the like Betty and Veronica and Archie digest comics. And mm-hmm. if I, you know, if I behaved myself at the grocery store, then I got to pick out a comic and read it on the way home. And it was like very exciting for me. So that was my, that was my gateway into the world of comics. And that started, I mean, as soon as I could read. So I was pretty little when that. Right. When I first started reading those. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because um, I remember seeing those when I was a kid as well, too. And um, they it, it wasn't like, if I remember correctly, it was the Betty and Veronica ones were not full size like comic books. They were probably like more of a quarter sheet or something like that, if I remember correctly. Like they were smaller, weren't they? 
I think they were smaller. And I did, I did both. You know I mean? I did, I did the regular Archie Digest, but I mm-hmm. always like, I really loved Betty and Veronica. So in, if those were available, anytime those were available, that was my go-to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I don't know, I, I know you said that they probably still have them at the store. Um, I don't know if I've seen them actually. I, I remember when I was a kid, the one book I always gravitated to at the grocery store was the Disney adventure books because they always kind of mm. gave you the, you know, like the interviews and behind the scenes with the, you know, shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think they've done that anymore and and um and i've heard a lot of people especially or including me talk about how they've seen comics and things like that at the grocery store and that's where they actually um got introduced to it and it's just a shame that you don't really see that as often anymore it's usually um you know still at the local comic shops or even you know bookstores and stuff like that but um it's just a bummer that you don't see them at more of the um you know broader places like grocery stores and things like that so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah places where all kids have access to it without necessarily going to a specific Place. Exactly. Yes. And and I know that I think someone has said that Target has been starting getting into selling comics there as, as well, too. Um, but yeah, it's and I've been trying to get the word out that libraries have comics, both printed and digital. So whenever I take my kid to the library, you know, we always kind of hit up the comic section and see if there's something in there that he hasn't you know seen before or anything like that. And so I always try to let people know that when you go to a library or if you're checking out, you know, the, the digital book from your library, you know, there's a lot of comics there you could check out as well, too. So it's it's definitely getting a little bit more accessible, but it's also changed yes. in how they do that, too. Yes. And even my my daughter's elementary school library has a whole, you know, graphic novel section in it, which makes me very happy. Yeah, and that's that I awesome. Made sure, that I made sure was stocked with my books on there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. oh, you want some DC superhero girls here? I'll find you too. <laughs> you have to, you know. Well, and, and, and I love that. And those kinds of connections really draw people to it. They're like, oh, my gosh, like your mom wrote this. So this is so cool that I know the person that was involved with it, too, mm-hmm. you know. And so mm-hmm. it's a really great, powerful way to do that. But, yeah, you definitely have to get that in there. <laughs> um, well, my, my next question for you is that you're writing the Darkwing Duck series for Dynamite Comics. What is your oh, wow. origin story with Darkwing Duck, the terror that flaps in the night? <laughs> um, my origin story with Darkwing Duck is that luckily they reached out to me and asked if I would like to. Yeah. And I very enthusiastically, as a child of the 90s, said, yes, that (laughs) sounds amazing and fun. And so then, you know, the next step, of course, was to come up with a concept for the arc. And uh, so that involved first uh, going back for a fun, nostalgic rewatch, which my my daughter got to help me with. She has a very skewed idea (laughs) of what it means to have a job and do work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you need to help mommy do work. We're going to watch all of these. <laughs> like, so you watch cartoons all day and then you make up stories about the. And yes, that's, and that's a job. Um, so we did, we did a rewatch, you know, and then it was coming up with a concept and, and writing that up and like, and then pitching it and getting that approved. And so, yeah, it was really kind of uh, lovely and fell into my lap in the most delightful way. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, and, and going along lines with that, w- was there something about Darkwing Duck that really grabbed that, um, you gravitated towards that character? Was it, you know, the, the goofiness? Was it more the dichotomy of the character? What was it about Darkwing Duck that you just really enjoy overall? Well, it's, it's the combo, right? Because it's the, it's the, the noir, the detective, the action, all that fun stuff that I love in the more like straightforward, non-spoofy. But then you have the comedy, the slapstick, the parody, the like 
poking fun of the kind of genres that I love to play in anyway, which I'm a big fan of. So, so yes, it's, it's both. It's both the, the straight up superhero detectiveness of it all. And also the fun of getting to have all the, the jokes and the comedy and his, you know, insane ego and all of that. (laughs) And, and this one, uh, for Darkwing Doug, this one, uh, from reading your credits and everything like that is a little bit different than what you've written before because you had, you know, a lot of the big name comics that are more, um, not all of them are on the serious side, but they're definitely on more serious than what we had with Darkwing Doug. Is this like a big shift for you as well, too, with this kind of character? Or is this more of like, you know, just kind of in your wheelhouse that this is something that you've been wanting to do anyways in, in terms of this kind of style of character? Well, I've done, like, I did uh, some Teen Titans Go comics, which mm-hmm. I think are, you know, I mean, obviously that it's a slightly different kind of humor, but it's, you know, that's more on, like, the funny, fun humor side, uh, which I really enjoy. Like, I like any time I get to do comedy. Um, and so, so for me, like, yes, it's a departure from most of the things I do, but it's definitely in the area that I really love, which is, I mean, anytime I can throw jokes into anything, I'm happy camper. <laughs> Awesome. Well, so let's let's talk about the series itself that you're working on. What can you tell us about the series that we can expect once the first issue comes out? Um, so there's a lot of fun nods to the nostalgia of it. So if you are a Darkwing Duck fan from the old school Darkwing days, uh, you're going to get a pretty good run through of a lot of the favorite villains. I mean, probably not every single one, but a lot of the your big faves. Mm hmm. Um, some Morgana Macabre, obviously, nice. um, you know, all this, all the sidekicks, all the, all the fun people in town, you know, it's, it's going to have all the things that you know and love, mm-hmm. but it's also going to be very accessible for, you don't have to come in with a huge knowledge or understanding of Darkwing. Like it's not going to be like necessary to do the major rewatch that I did in order to, <laughs> to enjoy it because it's still you know, a fun story all in its own. Everything gets introduced in a way that's clear. It's not a new origin story. It's definitely taking place in the existing world of Darkwing as we know it, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to like going back and having him, you know, because we've already seen how he, you know, how he like, and Goslin came together and that kind of stuff. So, like, this is definitely like him. He's already a superhero. Jake's already a father. It's all, it's all there, but it, it is, it is a lot of fun. I have to say. Right. So it's not a Darkwing Duck year one type of situation. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this is this is we hit the ground running. He's already like it literally opens with an event that the city of St. Canard is honoring him for all of his, you know, work in helping the city. And then, of course, you know, that doesn't go so well because it can't. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Now, you, you mentioned all the characters that we have known from the show and everything will be incorporated on some level, at least mm-hmm. a lot of them will. Um, yes. With this being a Disney property and Dynamite Comics um, licensing out that property and everything like that, are there anything from the, um, I guess, behind the scenes that is really interesting to know in terms of what things that you can or can't do or characters that you can incorporate or what you can do with characters or anything like that? Well, there's the, you know, like you said, there's, there's 
Disney as well. So you, there are extra checks and balances, if you will. You know, like when anything that I'm pitching or any scripts that have the approval have to go all the way up and be run through both companies and approved. So mm-hmm. everything, everything is endorsed by everyone, which, you know, <laughs> as, as a reader, probably doesn't change anything for for a creative, for the writer, or the artist, or whatever. It just means that, like you know, there's more people checking things. For the most part, it's been lovely and wonderful. So it hasn't been like nobody has said that I can or can't uh, include anybody that I wanted to. So it it so far it's been lovely. Knock on, knock on. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um. So what have you found to be exciting or challenging about writing the comic series when it comes to the characters or the universe? I mean, I think the I think the exciting thing for me is the comedy. I think the exciting thing is like figuring out like the funniest way to set up anything and like just because it can be kind of outlandish, it can be pretty wacky. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the most fun thing is figuring out the fun little analogies for I am the terror that flaps in the night. (laughs) You know, like that's, that's a ball. It is exactly as much fun as you would expect to just sit in a notebook and be like, Oh, let's just come up with a million of these. So like that's, that's for sure. The fun part. Awesome. Is, um, you know, Darkwing Doug is also known for all the, you know, quirky little gadgets that he comes up with too, kind of like mm-hmm. Batman. Um, are we going to see any kind of new gadgets that maybe we haven't seen yet before? Or maybe we're going to see one that was used in an episode at one point that maybe we forgot and it would be kind of a pleasant surprise? Um, yes to both. There are, there are callback <sighs> gadgets. There are new gadgets. Uh-huh. There's also – there. I, I try to put in like a lot of little – Easter eggs, like I've even figured out because this isn't the first issue. I can say, like, I even figured out how to incorporate the theme song into the first issue oh, of the comic in a special way. Yeah, but I haven't said that. I haven't <laughs> said that anywhere yet. So, oh, it's awesome. Um, so yeah, so like, there's a lot of little nods to fun things. I've even got, you know, like there's like a specific spell that Morgana did in a, an episode that like makes a little appearance. You know, like so I'm throwing in. Like, if you know a lot about Darkwing, then there's a lot of fun Easter eggs. Uh-huh. And if you don't, it's fine because it still works in the story and it's still funny and zany. But, like, yeah. yes, new gadgets, old gadgets, new send-ups, old send-ups. So it's 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 full of fun surprises. Oh, it's awesome. I might have to do a whole rewatch of the Darkwing Duck series before the issue comes out. and Because this is getting me excited about just, just the whole thing again. So this is awesome. Yeah, it's. I mean, look, as as someone who's just recently done a rewatch, it's a, it's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, and and um, and speaking of, because I know you said your daughter watched uh, the Darkwing Duck series with you as well. Mm-hmm. Whenever I watch some of the you know ninety series with my son, I always have to kind of explain to him, you know, why it's square instead of rectangle. Which, interesting enough, I think he never really notice or never care to notice and i'm curious if if uh for your daughter if that's been kind of the same experience like if you had to explain that or or that stands out for them or or she's just like eh, whatever <laughs> that didn't stand out to her at all there's some things like um occasionally there's some topical humor that was like very 90s that i would have to explain or even you know like our technology is kind of like there are things yeah. that you forget and then you're like oh right so the th- <laughs> reason this is this way back in the olden days you know so like that's been kind of a thing is like there are there are some things that feel a little dated or mm-hmm. references that just don't go quite 
don't quite work for the new generation. Right. Um, and that's one thing, you know, obviously this this series, the comic is set in the present day. So like cell phones will exist and things like that in, in the comic, <laughs> whereas they weren't in the show. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I know. And it's funny to watch some of those shows that we watch in the 90s because um, I remember watching Batman the Animated Series. And I remember thinking, you know, when I was a kid and it still is a great show and just ahead of its time. But then as an adult and looking at where technology is at now and you see that the um, the highlight of technology in Batman the Animated Series is that he has this huge computer. And when he's done, you know, typing everything in, it just prints out like large text on a screen. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> right. But back then, we we're so just like, large. that's so great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A computer the size of a room was amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and we would love to have played Oregon Trail on that screen. Right. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, absolutely. Die of dysentery and the big screen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I had a couple of listeners who also asked questions about um, the Darkwing Duck series for you as well. So uh, Mr. Marvel 613 on Twitter said, as a writer for the series, did you find it challenging to try to balance originality in the series versus some of the things that worked or were popular from the original show? I, I didn't necessarily find it challenging because I think you have to like with like with any time that you're working with a popular IP or a popular character that a lot has been done mm-hmm. um, you have to look at it twofold one you want to you want to do justice to the character and the reason that the character is beloved and what makes them them so like you want to have the certain things that are very you know I'm not going to do a Darkwing Duck that's like very modest for example mm-hmm. because like he his egoism is such a big part of who he is. So you Mm want to do all of that. And then other than that, you want to like, and then you want to tell the best story that you can tell with that character. That is the story that you want to tell that's fresh and new and different. And so like, I think that because I come from a world where I'm often working with characters that are like well-established and have a big, deep canon, Mm -hmm. um, it, that's become kind of second nature where you have to like know all of that stuff and then throw it away and not throw it away because there are things that you have to pay attention to, but like Mm -hmm. put it aside because now you have to make your own thing and you can't reinvent the thing, the story that's already been told. So it's, it's a, it's a delicate balance, but it's kind of fun. No, that that's really interesting. So when, when you're talking about how you've been doing that for such a long time, that second nature, looking back at maybe, you know, one of the first times that you worked on such a huge IP, was it a daunting task and trying to make sure that whatever you wrote was in continuity and all that? Yes. <laughs> my first my first IP like that was Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um which was like, you know, talk about starting with a a giant <laughs> character. I was like, oh, okay, the for the most iconic female superhero of all time. Sure, I'll just do that and <laughs> hope that I don't mess it up and <laughs> um and so, you know, I was terrified the first time and I had to kind of like have my momentary freak out how in the world can I think that I have anything to add to Wonder Woman canon that hasn't been added in all these years and then Mm -hmm. I had to put that aside and go okay now it's time to tell a really good Wonder Woman story like you can't think about uh, how everyone's going to react or all the pressure because otherwise the it would be paralyzing because when you are dealing with something that beloved it's like you know if I started thinking about how excited everybody is about Darkwing I could get in my own way Mm -hmm. um because there is, it is intimate. You know, you want people to love it. You want to write a story that the fans of this character 
feel like is authentic to what they love about the character. It's very important to me. So Right. Oh, yeah. No, and that's great to hear. And I can only imagine just how intimidating that can be, you know, with mm-hmm. knowing, it, you know, and especially like Darkwing Duck, because I feel like Darkwing Duck was kind of a um, subgenre for the longest time. And mm-hmm. now, I mean, I don't know what it is about Darkwing Duck, but it seems like he's been popping up a lot more. So he showed up in, um, you know, one of the recent dark, uh, one of the recent DuckTales uh, episodes. And then he popped up at the end of Chippendale's uh, Rescue Rangers movie and things like that and kind of teased that maybe he'd have his own movie and stuff like that. So it's really interesting to see that how he was kind of more of a, um, Subgenre, like you know, going into the 2000s and everything like that, and it seems like now he has such a huge following and everything. I think you know that makes sense why um, you know there's a, such a, a huge demand for wanting to see more of him, uh, whether it's in the comics or in the uh, movie or TV or things like that. I remember when I was a kid, I had the you know the Darkwing Duck um, gas gun, and then I even have like a plush Darkwing Duck when I was mm-hmm. a kid. And oh, that's wow. and that's apparently they're still selling those on on Amazon and stuff like that. Like it's the exact same one, and it's so yeah. interesting because I remember my plus like his um, hat, the bill of his hat was kind of like popped up a little bit for some reason, and this and the same plus on Amazon had that same kind of pop to it as well too. So um, so, anyways, yeah. So it's really interesting just to kind of see um, how that is kind of still alive and out there for such a character that I think only had like two seasons of animation. <laughs> Well, that's what's so wild. I actually, um, you know, I, I've worked on a lot of big properties, right? Uh-huh. Man and Batman and He-Man and Star Wars. And um, this is the biggest reaction I have ever seen to an announcement of any book I have ever, or show that I have ever worked on. The Darkwing no announcement <laughs> has had the biggest, like the fan base. Yeah. And I think part of it is all these other properties, there are options. There are things out there. Whereas like with Darkwing, it, there's less. Yeah. So I think it, that's a part of it, obviously. But I I knew people would be excited. I mean, I was excited. I knew it was going to be fun and cool. Mm-hmm. But I really did not anticipate um, the gigantic reaction that just the <laughs> announcement that the book was coming was going to have. And I, I, it's been really wild how excited. And, like, anything that comes out, you know, any cover that gets tweeted, any little, like, interviewer synopsis or anything. And, like, then there's such a huge reaction. And I'm like, oh, my God. So like yeah, the Darkwing fan base is super intense, and I love that. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, when I found out about it, it was like three weeks after it got announced, and I was flipping out because I was like, "How did I not hear about this?" And I think I even tagged you into it. I was just like, "I'm so excited about this." So I, mm-hmm. I'll fully admit that I was one of those people. <laughs> I think it's great. I yeah. just it was it was just so surprising, like. The, the the magnitude of it was surprising. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and, and the it's exciting to see the different variant covers coming out as well too. Because I know my mm-hmm. favorite one, I, I, and I and I apologize because I forget who drew this, but my favorite one is the one that's kind of in the style of Batman, like standing over with his cape dra- like draped over mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's so cool just to see the different kinds of styles of Darkwing Duck that people are drawing, um, mm-hmm. and just getting people excited for it. Because I know when I tweeted some of those covers out. I had so many people talking about like, you know, which ones they thought my favorite one was, but then talking about which one their favorite ones were. And so, yeah, it's just it's wild that such a character like this has such a huge reaction, like what you're talking about with everybody wanting to see this comic and everything. So this is. Yeah. So I can only imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, and then with characters, 
Um, you don't have to, you know, share anything because I know, you know, right now the issue hasn't come out or anything like that. Um, but are there characters or have you thought about characters like bringing in that's not Darkwing Duck, but it's kind of the DuckTales world kind of thing? Because I know Launchpad kind of, you know, sits in those both of those worlds, right? Yeah. So I'll say it because both of these things have been announced. Like Launchpad is one and then Mara Allison is another oh, one. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Because I because we see her in the first issue and those so some of those previous pages are out so I can say right that that is another one awesome cool um, and then another question that one of our listeners had uh, is uh, from Bali Rock on Twitter um, he said the original Darkwing Duck cartoon had a lot of dark humor uh, enemies were never killed but most were left in pretty bad states after Darkwing defeated them is this a theme that you'll be continuing on the page as well. There is some dark stuff. Um, like dark for Darkwing Duck, not like dark like. Right, not like dark like, <laughs> right. Like no one's going to die. Spoiler alert, no one is going to die in any issue of Darkwing Duck. Like let's just be real. Um, and so, you know, yes, like there, there's going to be like, you know, injuries and there is some violence because it's dark queen duck and there's violence. So like, so like, yes, dark within the wheelhouse that we're in. Right. Yes, but not, <laughs> not dark. in like my John Carpenter's tales for Halloween night. <laughs> there's a, there's a big difference. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Dizzy would never actually approve of that at all. <laughs> no, 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 I, no. And, and, you know, and there's even stuff that was like, um, there's stuff that, that, cartoons did in the 90s that we don't really do anymore now so like there's right even even in the realm of that like you're not gonna see like guns flying around and darkwing necessarily in the way that like we would have maybe in the 90s and that kind of stuff so right yes dark but no not like we're not gonna suddenly have like a big crisis where i've (laughs) taken to your childhood and suddenly like smoking meth in the corner (laughs) (laughs) that'll be that'll be for like you know when the ip hits uh you know public domain exactly exactly (laughs) like what we're getting with winnie the pooh and the grinch yeah (laughs) you know somebody's already had that story written up and just waiting for that to happen oh for sure for sure oh wow so um so this is great talking about Darkwing Doug. I I wanted to also ask you if there's any other upcoming projects that you're working on that you're excited about that you can discuss. I know there's some things you can't, um, but if there's anything that whether it's upcoming or you know something else that you want to you know kind of put out there and kind of discuss what you're working on or what you have worked on and things like that. Um, anything that you want to maybe talk about at all? Sure. There's uh, there's one project that I'd love to discuss, but it's. I cannot yet, yeah. <laughs> um, but I've got uh, for the Star Wars hyperspace stories that I'm yeah. doing several issues of. Um, I have another one coming out. It was supposed to be out this month, but I think they've pushed it to January, and that's going to be a Chewbacca and Ray Life Day adventure. Oh, cool! Um, which is which is really fun. I'm a little bummed that it's not going to be out for like the holidays because while yeah. Life Day is in November. It's the time, and it's definitely, like, very much a holiday story while also being, like, a Star Wars action-adventure story. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited about that one. I think it's going to be extremely fun for sure. Uh, So, yeah, make sure to check that out. I'm trying to think. if Oh, and I've got some um, 
Batman and Scooby-Doo stories coming Ooh. out. Also, I want to say also in January, which is also when Darkwing's coming out. A lot of stuff coming out in January. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. Um, yeah, so Batman and Scooby-Doo, Star Wars, and Darkwing all coming out in January. It's going to be a very fun January where I'm dominating all the beloved childhood <laughs> I know you're you're going to be more popular now because of all that. So, um, oh, yeah, good time. Yeah, you know what's interesting when you're talking about um, the uh, Star Wars hyperspace being pushed back to January, it being a, a holiday life day issue. Um, I've been collecting issues that exist in comics that are holiday themed and interesting enough mm-hmm. there's actually quite a bit of them that seem like they didn't make it to december they got pushed back to january and i think there was a couple that got released in march and i was just find it really interesting so it sounds like that's actually a common thing that happens in the comics industry so um so i think you know even though it's not going to make it for this december it'll definitely probably be something that all of us will be reading you know next december uh for for the holidays as well so i'm really excited to see that Sure. It'll be it's it's a fun one. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, um, let's go ahead and pivot to talk about the comics that we are reading currently. And so um, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you what you're reading. I'll share what I'm reading. And then um, some of our friends over at Comic Watch also share what they're currently reading as well, too. So what is um, a comic or a series of comics that you're currently reading now? So I just started a new series by my friend David M. Boer called uh Bex, and mm-hmm. it just issue number one just uh, came out in what a month ago is that correct? I could be off on that, but like, just, but it's it's a fun, um, it's kind of nostalgic. It's another eighties kind of thing. It has some like Paper Girls vibe, you know. Like yeah. it's a it's a fun. That one is fun, and I also was just rereading Paper Girls actually, and I I think. I was, I did like a Twitter thread. You were talking about like the questions that I ask. And I was asking people recently, um, for like a comic panel that stood out to the, you know, like the, oh, the one that yeah. just like, like hits you. And I did mine, which was from Saga. And so now I'm like, I think I want to like start Saga over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and Saga is a, is a huge one. That's one I, I, I have not. Red Saga, yeah. I think I tried reading the first issue and um, just didn't get around to finishing it. But when I ask, you know, kind of the similar question, yeah, it's just, it seems like Saga is always at the top of people's list in terms of one of their favorite um, runs. It's incredible. Yeah, it's that's incredible. That's what I've heard. So, and, and it's interesting, like what you were saying, how, um, you know, Specs was, you know, kind of has that 80s vibe, just how 80s mm-hmm. and 90s is just, you know, seems like it's making a huge comeback, not just. You know, like, you know, something like Darkwing Duck is something that from our childhood that's kind of, you know, being reinvented and all that. But how just things that were a trend in the 90s is popular with um, not not so much like, you know, my son's age or your daughter's age, but, you know, mm-hmm. probably like high school and, and, and young adults and stuff like that. Because I remember neon colors were coming back and I'm just like, why? Like, why couldn't we just let them back out in the 90s and everything? <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's it's a popular thing. Well, and, and um you know, like uh, Batman 89 was was hugely popular mm-hmm. as a, you know, because of the movie. But then the comic series, you know, took off as well, too, because apparently um, we actually had the artist Joe uh, Quinones on, on the show. And he said that, I guess at the time, you know, Jim Lee was saying that 
they that they were looking for more stuff that was 90s because that's apparently a market that they want to tap into because it's a huge market as well too so Makes sense. yeah so um well the comics i'm currently reading um there's two so there's one i have to do a review for for a comic watch and it's batman incorporated um mm-hmm. which i'm really liking it's it's pretty much a batman family story without batman in it and it's really cool because you get kind of that you know obviously that Batman universe vibe, but with brand new characters. So you feel like you're learning about these people for the first time. Cause you are, but it's still familiar mm-hmm. because they're all take their own approach on what Batman means to them and to their uh, city that they defend and things like that. And it's a, it's kind of like a mission impossible uh, mystery thriller type of story. And I really enjoy it. So I'm looking forward to reading that. Um, and then there's another one that I'm currently reading because I'm trying to read uh, some holiday comics and one's called the naughty list, which, I don't know if you've heard that one before. No. So this one, I haven't heard before either, but someone had recommended it. And it's basically um, another story that is um, explaining, you know, how the purse of Santa Claus came to be. Um, I guess this one is a little bit more on the darker side because the the mm. cover of the comic is um the person uh you know who's portraying Santa is like in his thirties with a Santa hat but he's holding like a like a bloody uh crowbar or something like that on the cover. <laughs> so almost like the violent night vibe with David mm-hmm, Harbour, mm-hmm, but you know, mm-hmm. not the traditional uh Santa outfit that he has in there. So I just started that one but um so far what I'm reading is really good too. So um, so here's what our friends at Comic Watch have been reading. Uh, B Rats had said that they're reading X Men Disassembled from 2018 from uh, mm. Rosenberg, Thompson, Brisson. Have you read that one before? I have not, but I've heard good things. Yeah, I, I, I haven't um, heard of it either, and I have not. Or I'm sorry, I haven't read it either, but I haven't heard of this. And I actually got away from comics, you know, when I was a, I think around high school. So I just got back in like five years ago. And X Men is mm-hmm. one of the things I want to get back into. And mm-hmm. I'm just overwhelmed because there's so many X Men stories. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, same. Like I was very into it in high school, and now it it, it does it quickly becomes like a oh my god, where do I even go yeah. back? And, just, and, yeah, just the current series. Like there's mm-hmm. like ten or twelve mm-hmm. different. uh runs that they're having on that they're going on right now and i'm just like i don't know which one to read and i feel like i have to read all of them to keep up with the main story and then they're going mm-hmm. to be spinning off more and so it's just yeah it's it's kind of a nightmare but it's a lot of fun as well too mm-hmm. <laughs> um but b-rat said that they're currently on the first issue and uh says that um Ezra's art goes a long way in his enjoyment of the issue that they don't like the weapons that betsy has because this was the beginning i guess of her uh, of their incessant use of the return to her original body, so I guess Betsy was not in her body, and then she came back. I I've I not heard of that story at all. Um, uh, and this is um, Psylocke, Betsy Braddock. I think they're talking about, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting because when I read that again, it's like so much I missed from X Men, and I, I just recently found out that apparently Jubilee is a vampire or was a vampire. <laughs> I'm just like, what else am I missing out in the X-Men? Like, it's just so crazy. <laughs> um, Miriam Herrera said that they're reading a webtoon called My In-Laws Are Obsessed With Me. Um, Hilarious. I know. Just the title alone. I'm like, I, I have to go download this and read this now. <laughs> um, she said that the story is about a duchess that finds out on her deathbed that her stepmom, sister, and husband planned her death. 
and she's able to go back in time to change things only to find out that the other Duke she married has a curse on his family that makes their blood toxic. But if she consumes or touches it, it doesn't kill her. So this is sounds like, yeah, this, it sounds, it sounds like, you know, drama from the get go, basically, you know, like Mm -hmm, just from mm -hmm. the title to the description here, it sounds really interesting. Um, and then, uh, Gabriel De Jesus said that they're starting to read comics again and they're reading Animorphs by Chris Grind. Did you know that this was a comic series? I didn't. Yeah. I, I, did you read Animorphs when you were when you were a kid? I didn't. I, I mean, I had friends that did, but I did not. Gotcha. But my wife and I had both read it when, when we were kids, and we loved the series. Like it was like you know when we went to the library, that's the first thing we checked out was Animorphs. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that they turned this into a comic book series. I'm like really excited about that's that. So fun. Yeah. Yeah. You should definitely get into that. That's oh yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel said that it, uh, his only complaint is that it's releasing once a year, and this series is 54 books. So. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> How do you even do that? I know. <laughs> like, sorry, that, I'm not gonna. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, oh my gosh, wow. yeah that that is a long term plan right there. <laughs> well, Gabriel, I hope you are very young. <laughs> Uh, and, and then the the last one we have is from Mayor uh, Shibley, and she said that she's trying to get through her Sandman collection, which is a huge mm-hmm. collection. So have, have you read in the Sandman series? Yes. God, I love Sandman. So what did you think of the Netflix show? I really liked it. I thought they did a great job with it. Me too. I, I thought it was fantastic. It's probably one of the best uh, comic book adaptations to screens I've ever seen before. I so agree. Yeah. I so agree. It was fa- I thought that it was fantastic. Yes. And and I'm very excited to see what they do with it. Because I think they had just announced that they're going to be doing a second season. Um, I know with everything that's going on with DC Studios and all that, that's probably still yet to remain to be seen. Not that it's like in danger or anything like that, but you never know what happens. But um, I hope they do because I feel like this has just been such a well-done series. And I've only read, I think, like the first... Um, there was a volume I had. I think I had like volumes one and two and it didn't go through all the stories where it went up to the Corinthians. The Corinthian was a brand new character for me. So the first time I saw that character was through the Netflix series. Um, but mm-hmm. I know it just has a huge expansive universe that we haven't even tapped into. And so I think it'd be really mm-hmm. great to just see more of it on screen and to be somebody yes. that, you know, is going to be able to see the new stories. But yeah, I, I agree. It's just that whole series is just well done. And, and I love that they were able to adapt that so well. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, Amanda, thank you very much for coming on the show. Before I let you go, can you let us and our listeners know where we can find you and your work online? Sure. So uh, I am at amandadibert.com and just my last name is D-E-I, which it just spelled differently than it sounds. So I just say that. <laughs> so amandadibert.com. I'm also on Twitter literally all the time at Amanda Dibert and on Instagram, Amanda Dibert official. And that those are the best places to keep up with the bajillions of things that I'm doing or me procrastinating from all the <laughs> things that I'm doing. <laughs> oh, you kind of needed a little bit of that in there, right? <laughs> you do. You need a brain break. And I, I probably spend too much time on social media, but it, it keeps me sane while I'm trying to figure out what to write next. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, social media is just I will say this. I met a lot of people through social media. 
And like, I mean, especially during COVID, like that's how I've been able mm-hmm. just to connect with other people in general. Mm-hmm. And I, like, you're not, you know, limited to the physical space that you're in now. So I feel like there's a lot of opportunities to be able to connect with other people and make new relationships and stuff like that. So, um, but Dybert, Dybert's a German last name, right? It is a German last name. Gotcha. That's the EI. Mm-hmm. I, I took, mm-hmm. um, I took three years of German in high school. And when I saw your last name, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's pronounced Dybert, but I'm going to double check and make sure. So, <laughs> yep, that's the, it's a, it's a weird one that throws people for a loop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, thanks again for coming on the show. And I'm very excited to see Darkwing Duck coming out and hitting the shelves on January 18th. Um, and I got to tell you, I'm probably going to talk to our editor in chief at Comic Watch. I'm going to tell him, like, I really want to do the review for Darkwing Duck because I'm really excited about it. And so I'm sure. <laughs> You probably will, but I'm really excited. Thank you very much. Good luck to uh, your work on Darkwing Duck and to the Star Wars hyperspace that uh, you had mentioned before and and all your future projects that you're working on. Thank you for coming on the show. Awesome. Thank you so much. This is fun. And that wraps up another episode of The Caps in Life. I hope you enjoyed listening and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. You can follow us on social media at Caps in Life. And if you like what we're doing, give us a shout out by tagging us in your post or send us a message. For more information about us and all of our previous episodes, visit thecapsinlife.com. 